This is Up for Debate, episode number 215, recorded August 19th, 2021. The Fast Saga, The Furious 7. You don't know me. You're about to. Looks like the sons of London have followed us home. Remember Owen Shaw? This is Big Bad Brother. We'll be in hunting. One last ride. Now we talk. Daddy's gotta go to work. This is a world that doesn't play by your rules. Like it or not, you and your friends are a part of it now. I don't have friends. I got family. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the original Mr. Nobody. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Sean. How are we doing today? Matt, I am fired up and ready to drive irresponsibly. How about you? Can you believe it's it's we've done seven of these already? Back. This is our this is gonna be number seven. Can you believe there's three more? No, I cannot. <laughs> You're like, what I, do they I have left to prove? We're gonna find out. What are they gonna what are they gonna think of next, these guys? What what is gonna be the next adventure who knows we'll find out next week but this week we're talking about furious seven furious seven furious seven now the the titles of these movies are famously very confusing yes why why do you why do you think furious seven why not fast seven why not fast and furious seven why furious seven you know, I have a theory about oh, this. Okay. I mean, to me, it's like Fast Five, and it should have been Furious Six. Like, that would have made more sense to do them back to back like that. And then it went with Fast and Furious Six, and then they're like, shoot, we should have used that Furious thing. And then they went with Furious Seven. But what, what's your theory? So, my theory, and, and this, is, this is probably very untrue and unfounded, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, there is a movie very famous movie called the magnificent seven. Yep. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a, a kind of a, a remake of an original Kurosawa film, the, uh, the seven samurai, but it's, it's a Western. Uh, and I think that maybe someone on the production team saw that like, like, uh, and we're like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to pretend we're not pretend, but we're going to, you know, we're going to name it furious seven. Cause it sounds it's like, Magnificent Seven, Furious Seven. I don't know. Probably completely untrue. I'm sure there were marketing reasons around it. They probably did lots of tests, and this is the one. This is the title that worked best well, with audiences. Honestly, the or wildest... they didn't really care, and they just stuck slammed a name on it. How does anything get na- named? You know, does, uh, focus how, groups, what is in, marketing what is focus groups. Uh, no, Matt. That's you know, right. the thing that threw me for the most loop was when in the movie uh, in the open sort of opening credits they reveal the title and it's furious s-e-v-e-n that uh, that blew my mind more than anything else i'm like they spelled out seven 
but it's not spelled that way in in like any in of the nothing else. Really, nowhere else does promotional it say things. Not on a mo- not on the posters, not in the trailer. But that's what's interesting is it's just in the title card. Is in Fast Five everywhere they spell it out F I V E and everywhere it's F I V E. But this it's Furious numeral seven, except in the film itself where it's Furious S E V E N. Maybe that's where I thought of the Magnificent Seven theory because that's spelled out. You know the word seven, but very strange. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was just an interesting, uh, just an interesting thing to talk about. This was released on April first, twenty fifteen. What a joke! Uh, in China, and then April third, the uh, the U.S. release date of twenty fifteen. Um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll uh, get it out there. I guess right there in the in the open. This is the final Furious for uh, Paul Walker who passed away before the film was able to complete yeah, uh, it was, production. Uh, it was like the tail end of production, kind it, of. It was in the middle of production. Actually, not really. No, yeah. it was... I There are uh, notes on here where um, they ended up uh, using 350 visual effects shots uh, to replace him using his brothers as stand-ins and CGI to reconstruct his face, which I think worked re- well throughout the movie. I found it hard to tell, except in that weird final thing with Vin, where they're driving, and he looks super creepy and fake. Yeah, I, I got I got vibes of um, you know, the the famous references like Princess Leia in um Rogue One. Yeah, did you see that one? Yes. Yeah, so that like that. All the de-aging stuff is kind of wacky. I mean, he just looks like... also Star Wars. He just has a weird uh, smile on his face. He looks like like you put a cardboard cutout in the driver's seat, where it's just sort of like... Yes, that that was... was, uh, Yeah, it was a little unsettling there. But I I thought it was interesting the way that they they got his brothers to do, do like, physical... To be, like, physical stand-ins, because they needed the... They needed like a model, basically, like a character model, pretty much, to to superimpose the. Um, they hired, um, I think it was uh, Peter Jackson's production team, yeah, productions uh, de- uh, department, studio, um, to 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 do the work for um, for the for the CG, and uh, I think yeah, like, like you said, I I I think it's it when it went pretty well and was pretty convincing until that one shot at the very end. Uh, that was like it was kind of clear that it was this was not of this world. This was a uh, a computer That's creation. A but um, speaking of computer generation and this movie, I I thought it was kind of impressive the lengths to which new director James Wan. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Uh, the lengths that he would go to not use CG. I like looked it up. There was there were so many scenes in this movie where I was like I was so sure it was it was computer generated, especially that that you know the cars coming out of the airplane business. But it turns out like all of that was real. Like I mean to an extent, but I guess it, I I give them credit for not uh just making the whole thing on a computer and making it look like a video game because they probably could have done that and people probably still would have eaten it up, but like I think it would have it would have made the same amount of money either way, but it was more authentic, I guess, this way. It, you know, he kind of he kind it sounded like he kind of cared what the like viewers were going to think about the movie. Yeah, it, it is, it's an interesting refreshing. it's an interesting turn because Justin Lin directed uh, the previous four movies, 
And he actually was in an extended post-production on Fast and Furious 6 and couldn't turn around fast enough to then go make Furious 7. So that's when they brought in James Wan uh, to replace him. James Wan, uh, creator of the Saw franchise. Um, he's Aquaman. He directed a number of other very successful films. And actually, uh, Fate of the Furious, next week's movie, will uh, directed by F. Gary Gray, and then Justin Lin returns to the franchise. Matt, I thought this movie was fantastically shot. I thought it was such an improvement. I mean, I gave such shit to Six for how it looked and how it was shot. And I think this movie was a massive improvement. I thought the action set pieces were wonderfully shot and not in pitch black, which was nice for a change. Yeah, I I, I think they they, I guess, learned a lot of lessons from the previous movies and applied them here or they just choreographed them better. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I've got no, absolutely no beef with the cinematography in this movie at all. And yes, they avoided, they finally avoided the the nighttime races for the most part. You know, uh, maybe toward the end, like the final act, you got like a a little bit in there. But but um, but yeah, no, we're we're in uh we're in full we're in full action mode here. This is now an action franchise, Sean. We're the car stuff is is long in the rear view mirror, pun intended, and now. We've got nothing. This is this is basically like a like a um, like a James Bond movie. This is like heist movie turned Bond turned born, but with family, family's yeah, family. I mean, I thought, I thought what the last movie was missing was I wasn't, and what I liked about this movie. First of all, Kurt Russell as Mister Nobody, who I thought was a fantastic addition. He was so good in this, but to bring in a character who's above them in sort of a nebulous kind of MI6 kind of way where there's an agency that's hiring them and there's stuff going on they don't know about and they're kind of just the action pieces, I thought was a really smart idea. And then the God's Eye, kind of the MacGuffin of the movie, um, I think, again, because it is so over-the-top and world-spanning, I think it... When you do crazy stunts like these that are like out of the realm of reality, you have to have a plot that matches that. Because if you're doing extreme stunts for like the scepter of the queen, which is like a plausible thing in a movie, I don't know, whatever the more plausible version is. Um, but when you're doing it for something as insane and like made up as this, then the crazy action almost makes more sense. And so I I think that's a better angle for this franchise to go is to really be like, multiple cities, world super spies, dressed in the tuxedos, kicking ass. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was was such a, a great way to go. Yeah, with the introduction of of Mr. Nobody to the to the to the film and to the franchise, it it, it gives you a lot of leeway and a lot of options, right? Because now it's you know you know, you might think like, well, where where do they get the budget for all this stuff? I mean, they, they're all they're millionaires or billionaires or whatever because they of all the heists and stuff. But you wonder like how do how do they get like you know secret military technology, and they get set on all of these you know wacky quests now to uh, retrieve you know crazy things and McGuff. It, it basically gives them it gives them a whole another element to work with right because instead of just being international heisters we and we've done that for a few movies now um now they are like i guess an extra branch of the military 
It's just the just the team of them is like and and I love how they gave that they give that explanation. They just sidestep what everybody's thinking. It's like how how can the you know why would you why would you like task us to do this? Why can't you just get like an actual like Delta Force or the, the actual like military involved in this? And they're like, no, no, it's you know, politics and red tape. I think that's pretty much what Mr. Nobody just says. He's just like because of because of all the politics, you know, right? We we need so that's where you guys come in because you're private citizens. You're just guys. We can get you to do all this stuff. You just know how to drive good. So yeah, well, we'll and I we'll think ha- we'll put you on all these driving missions, set, jump the, you out of planes. The the fact that Mister Nobody never crosses them or never does them wrong, I think, is so important because we've seen all of these different organizations and people come through and they'll work with them and then they'll double cross them or there'll be a twist or whatever. Um, and just to have somebody who's like, no, you help me. I help you. Okay, here you go. Let's be friends. I'll call you for the next movie. Um, I think is great. I think you, you need, you, they can't just be an independent force because then everything that happens to them in the movie has to happen to them personally. There has to be like a personal, like they wouldn't care about this God's eye thing if it weren't for Mr. Nobody and then, uh, Shaw. Right. So I think, um, I just think it's a, a great plot device. Sure. To me, the big twist there was Kurt Russell. I, so I didn't good. know he was in these movies. He's I so genuinely good. did not know. When I saw him, I was like, oh. And what was cool about it was I had just watched last night um, the movie. I, 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 I saved the title of it because I, I, I knew I was going to forget. Um, it's a, a documentary called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Which oh, is a yes. documentary on Netflix. It's the true story about Kurt Russell's dad, Bing Russell, who uh, ran a uh, Class A uh, baseball team in the in the Northwest League, and it was like one of those like uh, I don't know, with Bad News Bears kind of like ragtag. Anybody could join. Like the the mailman down the street was on the team, and you had like all these local people, and they were like not actually that not bad. So, um. It was it was kind of a yeah like a feel good little documentary. So I had just seen him in that, and and um I was like oh wow he's there he is again he's he's just all over the place. So I do recommend the documentary by the way, the battered bastards of baseball. Pretty pretty interesting. And um there was all like the like a lot of the the league tried to like shut them down at one point because they were like worried about lawsuits because these were like normal like average joes I guess. It was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Kurt Russell, he's in this movie. Um Rowdy Rowdy Ronda, is that her name? Oh, um Ronda uh, Rousey? Ronda Rousey, yes, plays the security. <laughs> is also in this movie? Yeah, she has her little her little fight moment, which again, you know, it's so funny. I, her fight with Michelle Rodriguez and then um when The Rock fights uh um Shaw, uh, both of those fights I was like, well, one of these people is very much bigger than the other. Where it's like, Ronda Rousey should destroy Michelle Rodriguez. Like, that should not be it. I, and it distracted me during the fight, where I was like, this shouldn't be as close as they're making it out to be. Yeah, that was that was a little one side, Especially because of how much, you know, Letty had struggled fighting Gina Carouse, um Gina Caruso. Gina Caruso. Carano. Carano. I, for some reason, stuck on that. The name, uh, yeah, in the previous movie, 
uh, she really struggled with her, and, and now it's like, you know, another MMA fighter. But, Sean, it has to be a woman. Can't Dudes can't fight ladies. That's right. Dudes so fight we, dudes, That's one of the, one of the cardinal rules of these movies. The other cardinal rule is that cars don't kill people if, unless they unless they have to die via car. Uh, you could also go 90 miles per hour head, head straight head like head to head with another car smash them together and and the only thing you get is like a stiff neck that's it i mean you gotta remember dom uh falls off a cliff in a car he has a an entire parking garage he he does a jump gets high enough to hit a helicopter then lands and survives um uh uh the rock crashes an ambulance off of a bridge onto a predator drone and walks away. Uh, this movie just doesn't give a shit. And that's great. I, I, I would really like to see in the last movie that basically every movie, except for the, maybe the first two were all computer simulations. Maybe the first three movies, everything else was like, I don't know, some sort of, 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 uh, like, like, like these people are, are all, holograms or something <laughs> like they're See, not I, actually I, i'm waiting for bioengineered the... humans or something well to me it's like uh, the free guy style twist where i think they're all in a video game right right it's like saying elsewhere but instead why haven't of a they ever world... made like a good fast and furious video game i mean it's basically like grand theft auto i think they have none of them were good well that's what the, i'm the saying good, the you... good the qualifier good is where you're getting stuck because they're None of them were good, but they, they have made... I believe they have made a few. Hmm. Yeah, they made one in 2020. So I guess they're still... I mean, I guess between the... I guess Need for Speed, which, by the way, uh, you remember the Need for Speed movie? With, oh, yes. um Aaron Paul? Mm-hmm. The It was on television the other day, and I normally wouldn't care, but I was like, oh, for this series, I should watch a little bit of it. Whoo! Boy, does that movie stink. Oh my god, it's awful. It's like such a bad ripoff of this. Uh yeah, I mean I just looking at the title alone, it, it basically it has the same font. It's got a car, yeah. Yeah, and and Aaron Paul tries to be a Dom type and it just is it it's not good. Not to get distracted, but it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I have not I have not seen these movies, but I definitely have no desire to. So, yeah. Um should we should we do a, a plot breakdown? Should we do a Yeah, I think we'll get through it quick cuz this movie is more action set pieces than it is plot. But uh let's start uh our heroes are hanging out in the US. Brian is accustoming his himself to being a father. Dom's trying to help Letty get her memory back. It's all nice and cute. Meanwhile, uh, Owen Sean's older brother, Deckard, uh, he breaks into the hospital, which that's the opening scene of the movie where he's in the hospital and then he walks back through all the stuff he blew up to get him, which I thought was a great shot, and I love that opening. I was um, going to say, this is my favorite, my favorite opening so far in this whole series. My favorite, easily. Tremendous! It was it was really well done, because it's like you know oh he's in the hospital they're looking out over London, and uh, you know he's t- talking about something about history being in the in the rear view or something but your future is now I don't know, 
but he he says get well soon brother and then he like leaves him and then uh, you know chaos is is the rest well, of the hospital is engulfed in flames there, and there's a there's a nurse and a doctor dead. cowering in fear in, in like the middle of the room just off camera like it's great i thought that was such a fun shot and i like the um, the ca- how the camera like follows him through the hospital and he's like he, he grabs the grenade and he's like hold this and he pushes the guy it, it's very joker-esque very nolan north kind of like batman it was what it reminded me of well, from there, he goes to uh, DSS headquarters to fight Luke Hobbs, a.k.a. The Rock. Um, inside that, another great uh, action movie fight um, where they blow a bunch of stuff up and stuff crashes, sends Hobbs to the hospital and Shaw gets away with the identities of Dom and his crew. Uh, then Shaw Shaw just goes on a rampage. Then he de- detonates a bomb, as we mentioned, in front of Dom Mia and Brian's house. Uh, nobody dies. I did write in my notes. Uh, why didn't he just kill Dom? Why didn't Shaw just kill Dom? Like, why blow up the house? He seems very capable of killing people. I don't know why he didn't just shoot him. There are so many points in this franchise when I've asked myself that question. There's there because there they they commit that movie sin. Where the the villain is is in the in the hero sites or vice versa, and they all they have to do is just pull the trigger and it's it's all over. But the, they 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 do that, but they do that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, we'll see it in a few scenes from now with the cars when they're they're you know racing. But I guess the short answer is just they they need them to stay a lot well. They remember they don't they don't kill people, Sean. They have a code, kind of like Batman. Well, that's not true. They killed, which Han. is not true at all. But they, they like killed to Gal Gadot. They, they sure. No, I'm saying the not the the villains. The the heroes have a code. Oh. Vin and the because he tells Mister Nobody we're not killers. That's right. Right. They're drivers. So, I mean, I guess you could ignore all of the Brazilian police officers who died on that bridge when they sure. plummeted off. When the safe knocked them off, you could probably ignore that. You could, you got to ignore all the henchmen that they killed when they were accidents uh, on the on the the um uh the Mexican border in in the fifth movie. You, you got to ignoring all that, barring all of that. Um, they're not killers. It's not just it's not what they do. No, so of course not. Um. I one thing I did breeze over is, and this is one of my few all caps comments I've written during this franchise. They brought back race wars. Um, oh, Sean! Yeah, I was. Just, I was like, because <laughs> at this point, Dom is driving mistake. Letty around to help jog her memory, and he goes, "We're gonna, we're gonna go somewhere, and I'm gonna help you." Remember. And he goes, "Race wars." I'm like, "No, why would you bring that back?" Not only do they bring it back, but they double down because. Dom basically looks in the camera and says, yeah, it's still called race wars. We we didn't change it and we invented it. Oh my God. I I, I don't know. Cause they didn't even have to say it. We could have just seen the, the, the shots of the race. We would know immediately like, Oh, this is that race in the desert. I had forgotten all about it. And especially forgot that it was called race wars. The worst name ever. Well, in, in a franchise that uh, brings back everything, it was only a matter of time before Race Wars. In a scene, by the way, and this is probably one of my only few complaints about this movie, is it's long. And I think Race Wars and a few other things could have been cut very easily to save some time. So 
I wasn't loving the sequence, but the simple fact that they brought back Race Wars was such a treat. It was a treat. I, I wonder if there was somebody... I may have said this in the first when we did, covered the first movie, but I wonder if there was somebody in the background, like on the on the staff, that were like, "Hey, I bet you, I bet you fifty bucks that I'm gonna pitch. I'm gonna pitch that we call the race race wars, and we're gonna call this. That's what we're gonna call it. And uh, I bet they'll greenlight it. I bet they won't even they won't even notice, and I'll get it. I'll get it by. And it worked. That guy. Hope he got paid. Got a free. Yeah, a couple free dinners at Chili's. So, <laughs> that guy's uh, winning. After the house explodes, Dom travels to Tokyo in another scene that's kind of unnecessary um, to rematch up with our heroes from Tokyo Drift, which has finally happened, by the way. Um, it's no longer a spinoff. It's actually occurred in the sequential order of the films. Uh, one of my other most laugh-out-loud moments of the film is where they reuse the footage from Tokyo Drift of them in the garage where Bow Wow um, comes up to Sean Black and says, um, hey, hey, you know, the, the there's a guy who wants to see you. He said he knew Han. And it's the original footage. And then it cuts to the oldest Shane Black in history. He looks so old. And it's like, you aged like... 30 years in like the past five seconds what the hell happened you know actually i i was wondering <laughs> how they were going to handle that going into the movie i was like you know they I, this, they're gonna have to do some kind of callback because han is dead and we know that dom goes goes and um you know brings his body home which is not something you have to do like you can talk to the government there's there a guy or somebody who will do and, it. like there's you don't have to do that but it, He's going to bring Han back, and yes, and and boy, that they that guy he looked he looked old. He looked old, and he got a little fat, and it was not good. It was just just not good. What was his name again? I don't even remember the name of the actor. Sean Black. Like Sean Lucas was the name Lu of the character. No, it's Sh I thought it was Shane Black. No, Shane, Lucas Black. Shane Black. Lucas Black is Sean Boswell. Lucas. Okay. Lucas Black. Well, yes. Jay Wiz, Mister Dom. I knew, I knew Dom. I, I knew Han real well. He was a good driver. <laughs> Why did I like, age so much? I just walked over to this, this balcony it's, over here. It's just and... me, a regular old drifting fifty-year-old man. <laughs> That's right. That's hey, you want to see a photo of my grandkids? <laughs> that was so good. It's... And also, his car is there. Which is like, how did you get your car to Japan? Like, what did you do? You had it shipped over? Like, it's just so unnecessary. Just hilarious, absolutely hilarious. I've I'm way past the point of being mad at this move at this franchise for doing things like that. I just think it's so funny. Honestly, if they, they had done they just stupid, don't even care. if they, they had done just like do not care, if they had de-aged him with CGI or tried some other bullshit, it would have been awful. I'm so glad they were just like, you know what. Fuck it. Everyone knows the scene was from the movie, and everyone knows this was shot literally a decade later. Who cares? And they just went We're going to put the two scenes just side by side. I, See, that's what I love about this franchise is just the brazenness of, yep. like, who would do this? I, I guess they, they would. It's so it's just so good. I, 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 want, I, I felt was, like uh, applauding that. I was so bummed we didn't get to, they didn't shell out the cash for Old Bow Wow. That's the only thing I was bummed about. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of unfortunate. <laughs> you old 
not so little anymore, are you? What What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I, I just talked to you like five minutes ago over there. What are you talking about? Uh, so good. But yeah, so they, they he goes to Japan to get Han back and he gets a he gets the necklace which is going to come in later in the in the film it's going to yes. be a uh, you know it's been it's been a feature of all these movies like kind of iconic um yeah it's been it's iconic exactly just like like Vince's tank top uh, or Dom, I mean Dom's Dom's tank top um and his gravelly voice so um so yeah. at this point they all go to Han's funeral um after the funeral, Dom chases uh, Deckard Shaw into an underground tunnel, at which point they play chicken by just driving into each other very quickly and being totally fine. Uh, they get into a fist fight, and that's when Mr. Nobody rolls in uh, to uh, introduce himself to Dom. Yes. So I guess, like, Mr. Nobody is supposed to be, like... CIA or beyond like even is like even deeper than CIA like An obviously un- like top top level security clearance kind of like or was he like some or is he some kind of warlord I, I I don't really he keeps mentioning the government so I think he works in like at the top level of the government US government is just that's kind of how I see it unknown covert ops team on wikipedia so okay so there's a chance that he could be like some kind of mercenary corporation, like Umbrella or something. And like, in one of the fast movies, he decides to overtake the government. I don't know. But in this movie, he's pretty he's pretty chill. He's got Corona back at his hideout. Corona definitely handed in a few checks to to sponsor uh, to 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 get the sponsorship again. Oh boy, that was sad. when he pulls out the bucket of Corona with the bottles in it. Woof. He's drinking like really nice Belgian beer crafted handcrafted by monks. The Belgian ale. He says, Dom, you gotta try the Belgian ale. Said, you know, those monks that I I I don't know about the celibacy thing, but they really knew what they were talking about when they, you know, when they they really know how to make a good beer. So it's like top class like very good beer, I assume. And then Dom's like, hey, you got any corona? I need just... to drink corona. Conveniently has so have brain damage, <laughs> and so he gets he has the bucket right there. Then he tells him he's going to put it on tap later on. He said he was like, "If you do this, you you do this mission, I'll 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 think about putting Corona on tap, and you'll be doing yourself a favor." That's all he needed, man. Beer. He was ready piss to go. Beer with lime instead of that Belgian crap. Uh, and I was sold. I went out and got a case right away. So, um, it's marketing. It was man. a good deal. Uh, it's at this point, Mr. Nobody informs Dom that uh, they can mutually help each other. Uh, as you mentioned, Mr. Nobody would like to use Dom and his untraceable crew uh, to uh, stop a Nigerian terrorist named Mose Jakande, uh, who has is interested in stealing a computer program called God's... This is so convoluted. A computer program called God's Eye that uses digital devices to track down a person... Um, now Moses already kidnapped its creator named Ramsey. Um, and so they've got to get the program. They've got to get Ramsey. If they do that for Mr. Nobody, Mr. Nobody will let them use God's eye to find Deckard Shaw to then kill him. It's so easy. Of course, the Nigerian terrorist played by Jimon Honsu. Yes. Who, who of, is it? Uh, blood, blood diamond fame. 
I'm a big fan. A, a I could have used more of him in this. Blood Diamond, Gladiator. What else was this guy? The uh, the Island. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of things. Um, but apparently, he's also got a music career. Didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he he's they they didn't really they didn't really need him for this movie, which is unfortunate. They kind of wasted him. I thought. Yeah, he, only, he, he doesn't really get a lot of lot for a for a, a villain. A side villain, albeit, you know, but still a villain, doesn't really get a lot of screen time. Yeah, this movie tries to do a lot with its villains, where obviously Deckard Shaw is a big one. It's got uh, Moe's here, uh, and then it's also got kind of the Jordanian Prince gets a little bit of screen time, and I, I don't know, it's a little convoluted. I, I just feel like he could, they could have just gotten an extra... Or just some kind of like low budget up and coming. They could have really gotten anybody to play this this Nigerian terrorist. They got Jimon Honsu for the name recognition, but they I I I uh, I, I hate to say they don't think they really used him to his full potential. But that's also like you said earlier, like because half of this movie is just action fights, It's just shooting and and martial arts, jumping out of planes. Yeah, so. and speaking of that, now's the time we get to our big middle-of-the-movie action set piece, uh, which is in the Azerbaijan mountains. Uh, the team uh, <laughs> airdrops their cars out of a plane uh, to Filmed ambush... In Colorado. Yes, where they got a nice tax break. Um, to uh, ambush the convoy, rescue Ramsey um from the bad guys so they can then get the god's eye in a very long action sequence yeah this it was that's the 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 big fault that i have with this movie in general the action got boring after a while i was i was bored especially at the end that the last action sequence and this one with the car chase in Azerbaijan, I didn't really mind the one in uh, Abu Dhabi that much, but I I was I was very bored by a lot of this. It's just like you know, cars going fast, and and the stakes are so low when they should be really high because you know you know nobody's none of them they're not they're gonna die. The last movie, a plane exploded with two of our heroes inside of it. Yeah, they I mean, I think fine. there were I think there were. Two different moments during the chase when uh, Mr. Nobody and his secret guys were watching from home base, and he was like, you know, his sidekicks like, "There's no way they're going to get out of this one," and then he gets out of it through some insane. Watch them get like, out of this one. You you should know by now to never say, "How are they going to get out?" Of like literally, I'm like, "I was going to drive off the cliff." Like I could have told you that. I've seen this movie. No. Oh yeah. I I agree with you. I I think it was. I will say, I thought it was well shot, and I thought there was good stuff in there, but it was too long, and I think. It also, they do this thing where they kind of split up the team so each person has their time to shine, quote unquote. And I don't think that's really necessary. I think that's kind of a much. I liked some of the Brian stuff in the bus where he's fighting the guy, the bus is rolling, he's got to run up. The, I thought that was cool. I thought the driving through the woods wasn't as good because it's kind of hard to see um, and it's kind of fast going on. I think having Shaw show up was a little too much. It was just a little too much, but I think what was there was good. Yeah, I, I and like I said earlier, I appreciated the authenticity, so it wasn't all bad. It, you know, the the fact that they didn't use they they refrained, they actually showed a lot of restraint from using a lot of the CG. And and, and quick the, cuts that, as um, well. There were not a lot of quick yeah. cuts in that. I mean, it was, it was you could see the action. 
Yes, and that that's that's probably my biggest pet peeve with action sequences is the is the quick cuts and the editing usually makes it so jarring it's like really hard to pay attention for me. So I appreciated that they they showed some restraint in that in that department. Um, they did the whole. I I could tell that that the scene with the bus teetering on the cliff is something that they you know people in the on the production team probably wanted have wanted to do for a while. Uh, being that, I think it's a direct you know homage sort of, or or at least uh, borrowed in some way from the Italian job and. The fifth Fast Five was basically the Italian job, mm-hmm. just made as a Fast Five as a Fast and Furious movie. Um, I didn't expect him to to run up the bus. I didn't see. I thought he was just going to jump off and somehow live. But again, the, the totally called this... Dominic driving off the off the cliff though. Saw that I, happening a mile away. You know, I thought Half him running up away. the bus was cool. But then the fact that she spins the car and he grabs onto the, the, the spoiler on the back as she's spinning, I'm like, why couldn't he just jump onto the ground? Like, that's so... That car is moving at such a velocity. There's no way he could get a grip on that. That's ludicrous. I'm I mean, willing to what give about you him running throw... up the bus. And, they, they, you know, he throws... Um... He throws the hacker that they're there to rescue. We should mention they're in Azerbaijan to rescue Ramsey. a hacker? Named yes. Ramsey, yes, who is a beautiful woman, and like a, a, a moment that I think the movie tries to make like a twist. Well, Roman, Ooh, Roman has a couple lines. Man. Yeah, Ro- Roman gets in a couple. That's not a hacker, you know. Wear the dorky glasses, <laughs> and I'll, and I'm like, dude, you suck. And they have acne from drinking too much soda. <sighs> man, Roman is bad in this movie. He's genuinely. I could have cut his ass. He is not fun in this movie. I, I have to say I, I didn't I didn't appreciate all the whining he did before this mission. He was not, not in likable. the plane. That was he 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 made himself really unlikable when he when he was they were doing that planning and he was just like I don't I should be the leader. What why why I'm so tired of everybody else here taking taking the turns being the leader and I don't get to be the leader. Honestly, if I was anybody on that team, I would have been like, "Okay, Roman, see you later. Bye. We don't." Yeah, really, what are you adding really to the team life? other than being like his one here? redeeming <laughs> moment in the movie is when he uh, at at in uh, the UAE and in, in Abu Dhabi at the party when he kind of kind of distracts everybody, which they're like, "Don't do that, Roman," and then he does it, and there's no real evidence it actually helps. No, that's the thing. Is most of the things he we said this in Fast Five, most of the things he does just don't have to be in the movie. They, they, they can, they can work around them. They're all, they're all easily, we we saw that in five when he, he actually failed to do it, it, what he was supposed to do and they that's worked right. around it. So, um, also they don't really need him for comic relief. Cause that's what Ludacris is there for. But Ludacris is good. Cause he dunks on Roman all the time. Yes, Te- that Tej, is true. Tej, Tej. Yeah. And he's very, good. he's there to, I, I said, actually made a note. I said, uh, Roman is there to be the audience. Tej is there to be kind of like the the movie. Tej well, is there to be like this is happening because this this this. Like he kind of explains things to the audience. But if Roman is like, that uh, role, which which I think I've referenced on the show before, my Ice Tea on Law and Order role, where all he does is ask what things are, so the other characters explains it. Um, then Roman should do that. Like he doesn't, he kind of does it, but he should do it more where he does play like the dumb, not necessarily dumb, but the ignorant guy to Tej's like, I explain stuff guy. I, I don't know. His role is just very odd on the team. 
Yeah, it's kind of unclear. Kind of unclear. Um, so we've got the plane, the plane sequence. We've got the chase in the in the Colorado slash Azerbaijani mountains. Um, you know, they, no surprise, our heroes make it out fine and unscathed. With Ramsey after literally fall, the car flipping and falling down a cliff into a million pieces, and they're totally fine. Oh yeah, that was the thing. They throw they throw her on what's it, um. Uh, on the hood of Don's uh, car. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just casual. Like he's like he does that thing where he, you know, he says I'm going to count to three, but he throws her on two. And I'm like, you spent you're you're here to rescue her, and you're just kind of like gonna you know, what if you miss? What if you miss the car? What if she doesn't hold on to the car? What if she gets shot while you throw her onto the hood of this car? Like, I, I, don't I know. would say they not very. They're more careful with like money than they are like uh, with 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 tangible objects than they are with human beings. I would say the top three things in order Ramsey does in this movie is get tossed to and from cars, uh, talk about hacking things, and not be a man. I think are her top three yes. activities in the movie. And, and that last part is that last part is very important because you don't really need Ramsey in this movie. You have Tej. Tej is the hacker. He's the tech yeah. guy. And you've got Mr. Nobody, who I would assume has the resources to acquire any hacker that, you know, in the world that he desires. But she's there because she looks good in a swimsuit, as we'll see in the next the next scene when they're in uh, yeah. Abu Dhabi. So they get Ramsey. Now they have to get the God's Eye. Well, the God's Eye is in another exotic location. And not only is it in another exotic location, Sean, what is it actually physically in? Well, Matt, it wouldn't be Fast and Furious and if it wasn't. One, two, car. a car. Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> no, it is. And it, but by the way, not just in any car. It's in a Lycan Hypersport, which sounds fake, but turns out is actually a real car. Um. It costs over $3 million, and only, uh, I think as of the shooting of this movie, only seven were ever made. Um, wow. And they actually destroyed one in the film, but not one of those seven. They actually, the company manufactured one for the movies that they then uh, destroyed. But it is an incredibly fast, incredibly expensive car that, yeah, it just so happens that the gods I ended up in. Who knew? With a Jordanian prince. This is now what the third time they've done this, putting putting something expensive, uh, uh, specifically a microchip or a piece of technology that is expensive and valuable inside you, of a car, uh, the engine you, of a car or, or you, the compartment you, of a car. Yeah, you don't hide your valuables in something that is in constantly your, moving in the car and is easily. I'm stolen. not really clear where in the car is it in the chassis or I don't know cars at all. But well, where would they? Why would you put it? So and engines get real hot. No, in right? this would, movie... Why would you put an expensive piece of technology in a, in a hot engine? In the Lycan, what you see is, towards the end of the little chase they have, is Brian's, like, punching the center console, and I guess just punches so hard that he punches to where it is and pulls it out. Very weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I I guess it was, like, maybe, maybe they were doing it as a callback, or maybe they were just super lazy. They needed to have some way where there's an exotic location and a cool car 
that they can drive through three major skyscrapers without international incident. Yeah, so. let's talk about that. The car is on the top of a skyscraper in the vault of a of a prince. They get invited to the party. They dress up fancy James Bond style, sneak into the party. They each have their little roles they play. Dom and Brian are trying to get to the car, but they run out of time, so they then start driving the car around the inside of this penthouse, uh, but they run out of room. Uh, this was going to be my other opening bit for you instead of calling Mr. Nobody. I was going to say, the man who, th- who knows cars can fly, because Brian goes, cars can't fly, and then Dom hits the gas, and <laughs> boom, the car flies from one building to the other, uh, drives around the inside of that building, and then decides to continue and drive into... The following building. Yeah, I really need to up my game with these uh, name things. That that's usually your shtick, and I I sometimes try to ad lib on the fly. But note to self, I'm gonna I'm gonna up my game with those, <laughs> uh, the names. Um, the intro intro names. Uh yeah yeah. So you've got all all those cars destroyed. Um, you've got probably yeah, millions of dollars worth of damage in, 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 in these buildings here. Uh, but they get the, they get the technology, they get the hey. little, the little microchip out. Oh, I, I wanted to mention real quick before they went to Abu Dhabi, quick backtrack They're the last scene in Azerbaijan when they're slash Colorado, when they're by that Lake and um, Vince says, we're going to the middle East. If you look on a map, Azerbaijan is, pretty close to the middle east some might even say in in the middle east so i just thought that line was really funny and unnecessary and just like a very uh... i wish somebody would have i guess vince didn't i mean dom i keep calling him vince today i think dom didn't really i maybe didn't pass um didn't pass geography or, well, i was gonna say as know. somebody who teaches geography matt i'm not surprised you caught no. that i i just thought it was really funny so um no, I, I, the, the, the skyscraper thing was cool. I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it was fine. I wouldn't say I loved Why it. Abu, I mean, I know it was. I think it was between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and I think they said yeah. Dubai was too expensive or not willing to offer a tax break or something. Probably. So they went to Abu Dhabi, but all I could think about: Have you ever watched Garfield, Sean? Yes, and they would always send Normal to Abu Dhabi. Yes. So that was the, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, Garfield used to threaten to send Odie to Abu Dhabi because he hated Odie, but loved him. It was one of those yeah, love hate. Yeah, always put him in a big, like, thing. crate, say Abu Dhabi on yeah, the side. That's all I could think about when they were there was just the, uh, <laughs> the Garfield thing. The, the poor but, man's um, Dubai. Yes, I guess that's, that is kind of what it is. I, I don't know, but, um, they have to go there because they've never been to the Middle East before on any any of their missions, so it's a, it's a box to check. Yeah, and they get the god's eye, and, and they get the god's eye somehow, unbelievably. Um, and so with the god's eye, they plug it in and they track down uh, Deckard, uh, but they're ambushed by uh, Diamond Hansu uh, and his bad guys and are forced to flee. And leave um, the God's Eye behind uh, after Mister Nobody gets shot. But they can't. Yeah. They're worried about the bad guys using the God's Eye because Ramses can shut down God's Eye at any time. So in order to fully own God's Eye, they have to come and kill Ramsey. That's when they decide to go to their home turf in Los Angeles to lure Deckard 
to lure Moses to protect Ramsey and I guess finish the movie. Because if you if you want, you know, you're in a situation when you're battling a an international terrorist who has already caused massive collateral damage, you want the the first place is where you want to draw them to is your your hometown. That's right. Where you got to where you, you live. Know, where your family probably lives. the most to lose. And they've already completely de- like decimated your house with a with a a package bomb that uh blows everything up. Really, like wipes that house completely out, but does not di- kill or maim anyone. Amazingly, um, not even that a little boy. By the way, he's gonna he's gonna need some therapy. I think. Yeah, there's something the, not, uh, the son? not right with this. I I, I would bet it's, you, Paul Walker's son. Well, um, yeah, absolutely gonna need some kind of someone to talk to. Brian's son. Mm-hmm. Um. And so uh, they get suited up for the final action sequence of the movie. I did make a small note here, uh, kind of the one. So at one point they're getting suited up, and Brian pulls out a vest out of his trunk that says FBI on it, um, and he pulls the FBI off. After and I, I thought when you leave the FBI, do you just get to keep all of your guns and gear? Sure. Oh, like, that like, was the thing when they, when he's in the hospital earlier. In a scene we didn't, I don't think we we talked about when when uh, he after he fights after Hobbs, you know Hobbs fights um, uh, Deckard, yeah, and he's laid up in the hospital. His gun is right on that table, yeah, in front just of him. Do you out. notice where the the, the 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 all of the orderlies and the nurses are like totally fine with him just keeping his piece like on a on a on the on the on the eating tray, it's just out there, and his daughter's in the room. <laughs> it's like ten year old daughters there or whatever, and. My daddy said he he kicked your ass. Yeah, that was, you know, it was interesting because Dwayne Johnson at the same time was shooting Hercules, 2014's Hercules. And I think that's why he wasn't really in this movie. He's only at the beginning and end of the movie, uh, which is okay. Yeah, you kind of forget he's there. He, but he's, yeah. he makes, he almost kind of makes cameos, kind of like Jimin Honsu. Like, yeah, he has a, a couple moments. Um, he's the, he's the ca- cavalry. Uh, Jaconde comes to Los Angeles with a stealth helicopter and an aerial drone because, of course, those things are so easy to procure. Um, and then once he gets there, Ramsey attacks to hack into God's Eye, which he has. Um, and a giant chase ensues as they're trying to hack. He's going around blowing stuff up. The drone's going around. It's trying to blow up the cars. They're tossing Ramsey between the cars. Uh, meanwhile, Dom is with... Deckard in a parking garage. They kind of just stare at each other and rev their cars for a while. Then they decide to just beat each other up with wrenches and stuff, um, et cetera, et cetera. They've got this character, Kiet, who is the uh, one of um, one of the henchmen of um, of of, of Jaconde. And he's he's actually like a another like fighter kind of guy, like a um like a martial arts actor. He's very very big in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I feel he's like great. he kinda they they, they utilized him pretty well because they there's a lot of that, that fight sequence where between him and Brian O'Connor, totally, totally fair matchup, very, very even oh, keel. Oh yeah, hundred you know percent. Anyone you know, could win. both of them are super <laughs> anybody could win that one. And yeah, he's up against there. He, he's um they use him a lot. Like he's he's pretty pretty well. He's in uh 
He's in Ongbok. I didn't know that. Ongbok. Very famous uh, movie that... Did you watch Ongbok? With, we watched that back at, back at uh, college. That was I a, probably slept through it. That was a movie night watch. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, no, he, that's a pretty cool... That's a pretty cool fight scene, and it doesn't really overstay its welcome. I guess it was because of all the other stuff going on at the same time. The helicopter, the drone, it was, the missile. They the, were constantly bouncing around. It was a lot. It was a lot to pay attention to, and it was at night, which again, it, it was like forty minutes long. Difficult. It was long, Sean. I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I think I may have slept through a little bit of this part. I I, I know it's an it's the action like the, it's really the climax of the movie, and it's an a huge action set piece. But I just I got so bored after well, a while, and I. I think you were right when you said it was repetitive because it's like, oh no, the drone's yeah. going to blow up their car. And it's like, oh no, the drone's going to blow up a different car. And, it, you know, there really wasn't <laughs> a ton of uh, variety in the action. Yeah, and I, I woke up for when it mattered. I just kind of maybe kind of rested my eyes a little bit. I was there to see um, to see the rock flex, literally flex <laughs> a cast off his <laughs> arm. His cast and then drive just an ambulance off was... a bridge. Oh, uh, and pick up yep. a machine gun. That was pretty great. I I will say I did enjoy that a lot. The movie it just became the Expendables and and like Predator wrapped into one. So hell yeah, very yeah, very cool. When he goes, woman, I am the cavalry. It's <laughs> a great great line. I should have uh, used that for the opening. That is a good one. No, but, they're great in this. They're he's he's so good in um, this. Uh, but basically, they fight, they brawl. Finally, the they all meet up together at the parking garage. Uh, Deckard falls into the parking garage where he has a good line about, uh, I wish I could find it, but it was about the streets. About the streets. He says when he says with, um, he's battling Dom, Dom and, and Deckard are, are finally the, the climactic fight. And I think he says like the, what does he say? The streets, the street, the streets oh, always win. The thing, the thing, the thing about, about street fights, the, thing about street the streets fights, always win. The street always wins. Um, which references his earlier line of when he has a gun. He goes, you thought this was going to be a street fight? And then he tosses the gun away. What? And he goes, you're goddamn right it is. Yes. Because in the beginning, yeah, the Deckard says in the earlier scene, what, did you think this was going to be a street fight? And he pulls out a, like an Uzi or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they have a, they have a little brawl. I think they have like pipes or something. Like he's yeah, they're like dual know, wielding pipes. I was trying to figure out. Uh, Dom has wrenches, and I'm trying to figure out if that is a callback to the dude who killed his father on the racetrack. He later beat with a wrench to death. As reference right? to or the first to, movie, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't know if that was could a reference be. or not. Um, it seems it, it probably would be because they kind of. A lot of people thought this was going to be the last movie. Even the directors kind of treated it like it was. I mean, they've they've been saying that for the past yeah. three movies, though, and kind of setting it up to be the last one. And now, of course, we know it wasn't. But maybe they really thought it was going to be this this time, and and that's why they set that up, and that's why the thing happens that we're going to talk about now with uh, with um, Dom, you know, and uh, maybe they really thought it was going to be the last one. Well, they certainly tried to kill Dom. He takes his car, drives it out of a collapsing parking garage up to the height of a helicopter, which he attaches a bag of grenades to, and then crashes really hard to the ground. Uh, the rock then shoots the grenades and blows up the bad guy's helicopter. Yes, and the hel he's very lucky that the helicopter did not land directly on Dom when he did that. 
Um, it just ends up crashing into the side of the building and blowing like the rest of the building up around Dom. And uh, Dom is laying there uh, dying, essentially. He's unconscious, not really bleeding that much for some yeah, guy that, it was, you know, it was confusing suffered all the injuries he has. Brian was doing CPR, which would indicate he didn't have a heartbeat or a very low heartbeat and wasn't breathing. But then he just sort of wakes up after Letty cries and talks about how she remembers their wedding, which we didn't know happened until she said she remembered it. She remembered everything. I remember everything, everything now. I remember everything. Because that's how memory that's a, works. That's, it's it just all of a sudden just comes back, like turning on a switch, like a light switch. And, uh, yep, this franchise continues to handle me mental health very poorly. <laughs> and there's no surprise there. Um, but at least at what I thought was going to happen was I thought he was going to like kiss Letty and then all her memories would come back. Like something really, really offensive like that. But, yeah. um, instead he's like, yeah, he's on the verge of death or whatever. She thinks he's dead. And so she remembers everything conveniently. So he'll come back to life and then we'll, we'll see a flashback of their wedding that nobody ever talked about, um, where they don't have a ring. So they use the chain that That's Dominic right. that, had, that he had Toretto had been wearing throughout all the movies that he gives to a woman that is not his wife in one of the movies. Oops, um, kind of the equivalent of like giving your wedding ring to like somebody else. Well, yeah. He thought Letty was dead. Come on, cut him some slack. I, I guess he totally uh, thought she was dead until she wasn't. There's a there's that line where that, says, that woman that he had just met a couple days ago was definitely a good replacement for his dead wife. He decided uh, Letty has the line. Why didn't you tell me we were married? And Dom says, you can't tell someone they love you. Uh, which is so nice and sweet. And uh, yeah, kind of end of movie. Then then we kind of get the postscript. Uh, Deckard is taken into custody by Hobbs and locked away in a high security prison until the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Which I do have a, I have an issue with that because several times in the movie, Hobbs and Dom exclusively talk about what they're going to do to Deckard when they catch him. That's right. Like they, they talk about how they're going to, what I think Dom says, words ain't even been invented yet is what he tells, uh, Garsh that <laughs> what he tells that guy, um, what he's going to do when he, when he, uh, when he when he catches him and then i think hobbs also says that he's gonna it's some like he says some like fifth grade line which he has a lot of them in this movie yeah he said one of when one time he's gonna break he's gonna break his fingers and stick them where the sun don't shine that was another oh he says that he says when he catches him he's gonna he's gonna make him wish that his mama had closed, had closed her, legs. her legs i remember that line that was great yes very much like pro wrestling grade lines. recess kind of lines. They're, they're, yeah. they're very much like you could see the rock saying it in the ring back in 1998, you know? Right. Yes. Very, very exactly. Yes. Like, like not even not eighth, probably. Yeah. Probably like, like 11 or 12 year old insults here. We got going on. Um, but no, and they just throw him in jail. Like any other prisoner, they, they forget about all that stuff. And they just throw him in like a, and he says, when you, you know, if you try somehow try to dig your way out of here, 
out of 40, what is it, 40 miles of reinforced concrete and steel? I'll be standing there with a fist and a body bag. A body bag yeah. on the other side. Well, Matt, who else is going to stop Idris Alba in a couple years? We need him. Idris Alba's in these movies? Yeah, he's the villain in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, good. Okay. I thought, I just assumed Shaw was going to be the villain I'm in Hobbs I'm kind of excited for that. No, it's an unlikely pairing of Shaw and Hobbs. And I'm kind of excited to watch that movie because it sounds oh, okay. wacky as shit. Uh, well, before we get there, we got to address the final scene in the movie. We've got a, a very nice uh, beach with, uh, of course, Sean, uh, we got O'Connor, Brian O'Connor, and his wife are playing on the in the sand. And I think Roman is talking about how he can't possibly get any tanner, some stupid thing that he says. And then uh, Luda is like, no, nah, man, just close your mouth for one minute and just just look. And they're all watching like uh, O'Connor having a great time with his kid and his wife. And he's like, this is the life that he deserves. And he's going to retire. He's in retirement. And uh, then Dom drives off and he. Sees the CG, CG Brian in the car next to him. Did you think that was that real or was that one of like the mind's eye kind of things? Uh, I think the movie intended it for it to be real, but also it's intercut with a lot of footage from the other movies and sort of a weird flashback sequence over a sad song. So I don't know. Because the, my my question is, his wife and kids are not in the car with him. It's no, just, it's just him. him. And he's also in the car. I think he's in the same car that he drove in the first movie. Uh, so I, I thought it was like an intended callback. Like, oh, like not callback, but like he's Dom is imagining it. And he's thinking about like all the See, good times that they had. I thought it was real in that. So Dom, one of the team is like, oh, you should. And he goes, no, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just I can't say I can't say goodbye or something like that. It's why I thought it was real life Brian following him, and that was his way of saying goodbye to him, like in reality. Because well, he at says that you're going to leave without saying goodbye, and yeah. Then yeah, he pulls up like next to him. Right. So I I thought so. he actually like chased and followed him to do the car buff guy version of goodbye. <laughs> and then they they of course drive their separate ways, you know the the uh. The, the the roads kind of veer apart and that's it we get no no intercredit scene no post credit scene we just get for paul and the credits yep it's just uh for I am, paul i was surprised john i'm i'm going to i'm going to be completely honest here i think that they they the tribute was really good it was a really well done tribute everything except for the kind of scary cg part which i don't really see they i don't think they really had a way around I thought was I thought it was handled tastefully. I, the whole movie, I was nervous. I was like, "What are they going to do? Like, how are they going to?" I knew they didn't kill him off. I knew that they retired him, which I thought was the right choice. I feel like you can't kill somebody off if they're dead in real life, unless you, you had kind of already meant to go in that direction. But I thought I thought it was pretty. It was pretty well done. I, I disagree. Um. And I just had to put that up on the screen. Um, I thought we had a special guest. Like, <laughs> ladies oh, and gentlemen, the ghost of Paul happen? Walker. Uh, oh, wow. Just, just the upsetting, like, 
unnatural faces don't look that way look in the car. He's just like, hey, hey. Um, no, the um, I, I, this is going to sound really stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think this movie would have been better if he died between the filming of the movie rather than during the filming. Because I think you would have done a better job of writing him off in the opening of the next movie versus the plot tweaks and changes and additions they had to make for this movie. And I I guess if your main actor in a film is going to pass away, this is probably the best way you're going to like memorialize him. But in terms of what a Fast and Furious movie is... And the way this movie ends, it felt very awkward and unfinished, which I guess in a way it was because he died. Um, but sort of him saying, like, him saying goodbye at the beach, but he doesn't actually talk to Paul Walker because he wasn't there. Um, and, like, the, the the idea of Brian O'Connor retires from the crew to live with his family is great. Like, that should be, the even even if he didn't die, that's a great story for the character. But it's sort of not well explained or well shot or whatever because of the limitations they had. And so, and like the flashbacks to the shots from the previous movies I didn't think were necessary. I just wish that they had already shot that ending before he passed away because it would have just ended. I, I, It's not bad for what it was. I just didn't think it was ideal for the movie. But neither See, is me, your main I actor the, dying. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, none of it obviously none of there was no game plan for any of it and i think they're just the fact that they were even able to complete the movie is what they were they were going for um but i think the send-off was the reason i kind of liked it was because it was it did seem like they stepped back from the franchise like like because we have seen this franchise do some really stupid things and i was i was just glad that they didn't like they didn't turn him into like a force ghost or something. No, like do something like really offensive and bad. Although creepy to, CGI to car him. They did it, guy. I thought, I thought the way that they handled it was like, you know, they they took a step back and they were like, all right, he's retired, he's with his family. We never have to revisit. He's happy. He's like, you know, he's it's. It, they didn't make him like blow up in a in a in a helicopter or something. Well I was just afraid that this whole time they were gonna do something like kind of disingenuous. Like he would die in a way that in any other circumstance in the movie, if the actor was still alive, he would live, but because he's dead, they had to write him off in that way. But I kind like, of like I, like I, kind I, of like when um like when Giselle's it's weird now that I can't remember her actress, but I always could Gal remember Gadot. Gal Gadot. I always used to not remember the character's name, but now it's the other way. I, I when Gal Gadot had like contract issues, so she couldn't be in another movie, so they killed her character off. I was just afraid that that was going to happen to him, but I guess that was that my expectations were pretty low, and and they exceeded them by by putting it together that little you know tribute montage and him driving into the sunset. Well, but I I I think the movie would have been better if the last shot was him playing with Mia and the kid on the beach. And then it just soft cut to for Paul. Like I didn't need any of the flashbacks. I didn't just let his character end in a positive uplifting way. I didn't need weird CGI Paul. Um, our, our 2015 version of a force ghost. 
And I, I don't know. I would have just ended the movie there on a nut. Like, Brian got his send off. He's with his family for Paul. End of movie. But I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I'll kind of agree with you that the CG part. I, what I, I actually, I mean, thinking back, maybe I would have had the car pull up and you know it's his car. You would have heard the voice say, like, you, you weren't going to leave without saying goodbye, right? And then you would have the camera be like, like maybe positions where it's like looking at Dom, like point of view. Or maybe you would see the back of his head, but it would actually be like his brother as a stand-in actor. The C- You're right. The CG the CG made me a little uncomfortable, as it always kind of does. But, yeah, it just didn't I work. mean, it, it may, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things where I don't know if Paul Walker would have been, like, creeped out or offended by it. Whereas things like Carrie Fisher being, you know, we don't know because she's dead. We don't know because Paul Walker's dead too, but I don't know. It's just one of it's one of those things that I really hope movies stop doing. I hope that they just kind of like it's an it's an ethical it's an ethical area that I I, I would like to see movies not go not delve in in the future because we're gonna have dystopian movies where long dead actors are brought back to life using uh technology and it's it's not it's not a good direction to go in. I I agree. Uh. Matt, that's the plot of the film. I just want to quickly touch on um, this had a production budget of $250 million. It was one of the most expensive films ever made at the time. Now, that led me down a bit of a wormhole. Do you know what the reported most expensive movie of all time is? You'll never guess. Is it? A, is it? No, I'm not even going to ask the question because I think I know the answer. I just I'm trying to think of the name. It's called like it's an older movie, right? No, it's like a no. This is a modern movie. It's a modern. Okay, forget it then. I was thinking like there's a movie. I forget what it's ben called. Ben Hur, like Babylon or something. Ben Hur, not Ben Hur. No, no. What's the movie they they built like this massive set for? And it's like still it's in L.A. It's from like the fifties or sixties. Um, uh, I, I need to look it up. It, it was like it was the, the 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 setting was like ancient Persia or something. It's in movie movie buffs know it as it was like really like crazily expensive, and they had like a like they hired oh, like Cleopatra? a million extras to be in it. Maybe it might might have been Cleopatra. Yeah, the they like reconstructed the Ishtar one. gates for it, and yeah, it super expensive and lavish. No, is that not that's not the... it. All right, modern then maybe Avatar. Nope, nope, not even close. I, I, it's it's a franchise film I... in the middle of the franchise. One it's of not the Marvel. Avengers movies. It's not Marvel. Okay. Um, I told you you're not going to guess. Like I appreciate you trying. I'll give you clues if you want clues, of, but not one of the Lord of the. I don't think the Lord of the Rings movies were that expensive. Uh, no, like, they, they're they not even mostly, in the top fifteen. Yeah. But three of the films from this franchise are in the top fifteen most expensive ever made, including number Potter. three. No, not Harry Potter, though that is a number ten. I could see those being ex- really expensive. This this film All cost right. three hundred and eighty million dollars. I think I give up, but my last guess is going to be one of the Batman movies, one of the Nolan North Batman no. movies, a non-superhero franchise. No superheroes. Not super. You said it wasn't Marvel before, but no. No, but no superheroes okay. at all, and not Star Wars. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, it's not Willy Wonka, but but but. <laughs> But who starred one. in that film? Oh, was it Pirates of the Caribbean? 
It was Pirates of the Caribbean four on uh, no four on Stranger Tides four at World's I End like was the movie. fifth most expensive. As a well. lot of people, a lot of people bash that, but I I thought it was it was so much better because it was not three. Well, the reason three was one of the worst was, movies I've ever seen. The reason four was so expensive. It came out in 2011, which was peak. We have to do everything in 3D, but badly. And so it cost him a goddamn fortune oh. to do the whole thing in 3D. That's what made wow, it so expensive. Really? That's the most yeah. expensive movie, huh? Yep. Ever made. I wouldn't, uh, I would have never guessed that. If you had even told me the franchise, I would have said like the second or third movie. No, all those movies were insanely expensive. Um, especially the last couple, uh, because I think every depths and everybody's rates got more and more expensive as they went on. Um, the okay. film grossed about $400 million worldwide during its opening weekend, the highest of all time at the time, um, and breaks number 11 uh, right now uh, worldwide. And uh, it went on to gross $1.5 billion worldwide, the third highest grossing film of 2015, the fourth highest grossing film of all time at the time of release, and of course the highest grossing film in the franchise, uh, which it still holds that record today. Um a wild success, Matt. Uh, let's give some overall opinions here. What are your thoughts on Furious 7? Well, uh, I I have to say, I, I really, you know, as far as the franchise goes, this is, is nowhere near the worst. Um, in fact, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I liked the set pieces we talked about how the the cinematography was excellent i thought the the, the new director really in, in, in he kind of injected a lot of life into the franchise by the way same director as the the saw franchise That's creator right. and uh one of the i think co-directors of the saw yeah movies. he did insidious also the conjuring he's, yeah he's done a ton of stuff dude would you imagine if if they turned uh fast and furious into a horror franchise kind of interesting i would so, take that pitch um the haunt, some car the car is haunted i don't i don't know um i i thought that you know the the last part of the movie really did not grip me obviously i it, it kind of put me to sleep almost you know literally in a lot of ways um but i also give them credit because they that was probably I mean, I don't know that the sequence of how they how they their shooting schedule or anything, but they may have been dealing with Paul Walker's death at the time, and maybe it was just kind of one of those like their heads weren't really in it. They were just trying to finish things and like wrap things up to just have the movie that that they've been working on made because um, they already had a lot of tons of production delays because of that. So I think I, you know I'm I'm willing to give them leeway in that department, and. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, overall it was the plot was a, it was a Fast and Furious plot, so didn't really have to make sense. It, and uh, yeah, and out of ten cans of NOS or something else, how how are you going to rank this one? <laughs> well, Sean, out of ten cars, car parachutes, okay, that that are opened either knowingly or unknowingly by uh, the driver. I am going to give this one. Somewhere, I guess somewhere between. Uh, I mean, like some like seven, somewhere around seven 
car parachutes. Solid. Yeah, yeah I think that was, this, was, this was good. I, I might have given it more. Might have even worked its way up to like a nine if it, if it hadn't been those really the long, very drawn out action sequences. But if that's the worst thing you can say about a Fast totally. and Furious film, like I think that's you know that's pretty pretty good in my book. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I do think the worst thing about it is it's too long. Otherwise, I just felt they they made up for a lot of deficiencies in six. I thought the action and driving was shot much better. I thought the addition of Kurt Russell worked out really well. I think. Um, the action was good, if not drawn out. Um, and overall, this felt to me uh, like a more of a Fast and Furious movie. I mean, it really was an action spy sort of thriller uh, that I enjoyed greatly. I really did. I thought this was great. I don't know if I liked it more than five, but it's definitely up there. Um, and I'm going to rank this out of uh, kegs of Belgian ale. Uh, and I'm going to give this seven and a half kegs of Belgian ale. I, nice. I enjoyed the movie I like quite that a lot. Better. Make sure it's you know not definitely not buckets of Corona. <laughs> God no, we, also, we, we cannot up, be bought here. I looked up the movies and it was Cleopatra. That was the movie I was thinking of. Very like one of the most legendarily expensive films because of the casting, the um co- costumes, and the casting. They had tons of like millions of extras for like certain scenes in the movie. So, or at least thousands. Um, yeah. All right. I, I, I hope to see more of, um, more of Mr. Nobody in the future. He, we, we didn't address this, but he does get shot, but he lives. Yes. I do believe so he I comes really back in a future happened. film. Yeah. Cause he like, remember he turns and like winks knowingly at, um, at Dom. He's so good <laughs> in this. Holy shit. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see more of him. I think that was um, uh, that was cool. So, Matt, next week we'll be talking about uh, 2017's The Fate of the Furious, um, another wildly successful entry in this franchise where we will bring in a new villain, Cypher, played by Charlize Theron. All right. Very excited. We will... Uh, we'll, we'll, we've got to keep this train going. We've got to keep uh, plugging away. Yep, but we'll show up next. We'll find out. But I hope everyone out there is enjoying the series as much as we are. Make sure you come back next week for our next film. We're going to start getting towards the end of it here, so you don't want to miss a single episode. If you've missed past ones, uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search up for debate. The episodes will be in the feed. And you can also go to our website, upfordebate.tv. Of course, you can follow us at TV on Twitter, where we don't really ever tweet anything. And also, you can email us, TV at gmail.com um, and share with us your thoughts on the fast and the furious. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up here. So uh, I am Sean. He is Matt. Thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you had as much fun as we did. We'll see you next time for another Fast and Furious edition of Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.